playing wedge. Listen, Junior, I will fight you. <laughs> I don't have my intro yet. I didn't have time to plan my intro. The Red Sea Project. The Red Sea. C-S-E-A. This time. Oh. Alan's just staring at me. Who? That guy, Alan. <laughs> Look this way. It's only you. Now. You. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched any of these before, Alan? Yeah, they're pretty. Uh... Yeah, pretty casual. Yours truly, Rebecca Yamas. Notes you added? Uh, no, don't read them. We dance and perform. <laughs> no, we usually just do kind of 15 minutes and I, I ask him any R&D updates and then I typically do any RO, VDC marketing updates and then we try to create fun segments. Uh, No, it's a mega resort in the desert. Yeah. Oh, I heard. Yeah, I know, but I heard, but I didn't hear the resort part. So one of the segments, Alan, oh, we introduce okay. is building around the world. So we just give updates of some projects happening. Oh. We used to have a segment, the hard hat questions. People were submitting questions. <laughs> It was really us submitting questions and we, we ran out of questions to ask ourselves. <laughs> so we introduced that. Hmm. 
It's a Wednesday, it's middle of the week. It's the Saddlemore Studio coming to you live. The our stream, because there's no building without us teaming. Nice. How are it's been you? Like two weeks since you've actually said that. Uh, no, I start to keep your toes, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll keep you fresh. Yeah. Fresh and going. Uh, but you know what? Fresh and going is this podcast today. That's right. Uh, Wednesday 17th. Are you excited? I am. We have a, another very special guest, as you oh, always say. I never said that. Oh. Uh, but before we get to that, right, right. Uh, how are you? How's the R&D department going? I'm doing well. The R&D department is also doing quite well. We're doing a lot of stuff with robotics, which is pretty exciting. Um, you got the challenge wrapped up last week, right? Yes. All the voting, all the votes are in. You have They've a been tallied. I don't know. I, I'm not privy to that information, so I can't tell you. Um, but yes, they have been tallied. Todd is off to Liechtenstein um, this Friday, perhaps? This Friday. Yeah, sometime around then. He's off to Liechtenstein um, to meet with the Hilti folks, and he's bringing in some of our top ideas to them um, to kind of see what they think. And then they will provide feedback on which they think are the top ideas. And then we will announce the winners on June 7th, right here in this room yes we'll have mr todd win the todd win the todd win i don't know his middle name so i can't use it but the todd win here and he will announce live so in front of the three or four audience. people over here yes yes uh so if i was submitted right now i can just wait and see what happens right yes yeah there until june 7th you won't know anything so just, you know what i could do instead though oh i do great segue well, you tell me. I could submit an idea for the other challenge oh my happening. Gosh, the other challenge. Yes, we have the. Uh, you forgot it again. It's your uh, own challenge. The AI powered. It's not mine. The AI powered construction challenge. I always want to say AI in construction. And I there's power. AI powered construction challenge. Well, that's the right. That's the right title. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we have that one going on. Um, so how you can use AI in at RO. So that's construction, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be like full on like construction oriented so if it's something in your day-to-day -day that helps you get your work done that's construction in a way you see what i'm trying to get at i see i do um so we need more ideas well, how many do we have three three uh, yes Ooh, and you've contributed 33 percent of those ideas um so we need how more have you contributed zero nice but your own I'm challenge your own title I'm you still can stewing i'm still stewing and we have an announcement one second oh yes uh for those that may not be aware how many prizes are there there are five prizes five so currently everyone who has submitted gets a prize can you remind us what the price is i wish i could i know uh, you get a year subscription to chat gpt plus and that is absolutely correct, Dr. Fritz. You will also get a $250 Visa gift card to go enjoy a nice uh, spa day or dinner or whatever. $250 will buy you in Austin. Spa day. I had to submit an idea. Or you could just pay for both of us. Um, but yes, we that is going on until June 2nd. There's rumors that it could be extended. We don't know. But, oh, okay. Well, those rumors might very well be true. But um, so you have some time. So, so. Let things stew, kind of get some more ideas in there. I know you have more ideas in that, that big old noggin of yours. So yeah, it's not a short haircut, it's just a big head. That, that's right. Yep. And small ears. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's all about me. What do you got going on? What does RO have going on? Oh, funny you asked. Great segue. Uh, so right now we're actually in the open enrollment season uh, via our new interface, UKG Pro. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out yet, I think there's a few invites either job trailers or job sites or even some virtual so you're very encouraged to attend because i think there is some action that you need to do from your end with or a open enrollment and open enrollment uh so make sure you attend one of those it's a new interface mm -hmm. might be new for some people yeah so, for everyone i think right? yeah i think well so. i guess it wouldn't be new for new people well it would be new for new people. yeah everyone if any questions just reach out to hr <laughs> uh but that is happening i think you have up until may 26 to make any changes. So make sure you check that out. Sir. Uh, um, the other thing happened, I don't know if you checked your email yesterday. I was recapping my email yesterday the other day. Oh, Whoa. nice. Uh, well, yeah, also the April recap was oh, what? released yesterday. Um, so you haven't checked that out. There's a lot of cool little things. You get to see promotions, events, mm -hmm. new hires. You get to see the update from the OPEX challenge, they burn PTP cards. Oh, yes. Where that's at. Mm -hmm. So there's this and much more you can read. Yeah. So make sure you check it out. It should be in your email. 
and it directs you to the SharePoint website. Mm -hmm. Nice. So that happened yesterday. Oh. But you know what has happened today many, many years ago? I do, because I wrote it down just here, right oh, here. Oh, nice. That's this a... is Today in History. Yes. <laughs> so there's only, I only have a few here, because I wanted to give ample time to our very special guest. Very special guest. Um, and I'm going to go in oldest to newest. Can't ever remember verse. Anyway, so in 1900, the wonderful Wizard of Oz was first published. I've never seen it. Well, it was oh, actually fact. a book. Never read it. Yeah. Um, so it was in 1900, 123 years ago. Um, today. Yeah, it's on the, on the, on the nose. Yeah, today. Uh, it was published. Uh, in 1939, we had the first televised sporting event. Without looking at your notes right there, do you know what that sporting event was? 1939? 1939. Mm, let's say it's either football or baseball. So let's go baseball. Ooh. Yes, it is. It was baseball. It was a collegiate baseball game versus uh, Princeton versus Columbia. Who won? And in 1954, <laughs> we had uh, the Brown versus Board of Education um, decision uh, unanimous, unanimously ruled that racial segregation in public schools, no good. Unconstitutional. Day. Yeah. How many years ago? 54. That's numbers. Now I have to do it, but now I don't want to do it. Um, there's a nine in there. And then in 2004, Massachusetts became the first state to legalize same-sex marriage. Wow. I and know. all of this happened on what day? Today, today. May, May 17th. And there's more. There's many more. Um, you can go find out more if you want. Well, thank you, Hagen. Yeah, thank you, Bruno. And that was Today in History. Today in History. But also the other hand gesture segment. Almost the same exact hands gesture. We're transitioning to building around, around the world. <laughs> oh. uh, will you want to share your project or? Yeah, my, I'll, I'll share mine. Mine's a little, like always, mine's a little dry. And yours is the one but that just, kind of. It's the content though. That's what really matters. Right. There. Well, I think it's a very interesting one. So it's, this is the one that I've been, I've been alluding to for months. For what? Yeah. For weeks. Right, right. Um, it's the South-North water transfer. It's Ooh. happening in China. No, the North-South. Uh, no, South North, because they want So the project is to bring more water to the northern regions in China from the south. Mm -hmm. So they're making three canals off the Yangtze, 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 I can't get this, Yangtze River, um, the big, one of the big rivers that flows, of course, through China. Um, and so they're going to make three canals off of it that bring more water up to the north because um, they don't have enough. And so that should be hopefully finished in 2050. It's a, yeah, it started in 2003. It's a tremendously... 47 years. It's a huge project, right? They're diverting water across... I mean, China's you know, a pretty large country. Um, so they're diverting water all across the, the country. Um, and it's going to be around $80 million. Originally, it was about 60 or so, and it's now, of course, increased. Did I say million? I said billion. I meant billion. Yeah, $80 billion, uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, and there's a lot of issues, like environmental issues... Um, you have, you'll be displacing people because you're trying to build right, right through their, their neighborhoods. Um, the cost of course, um, but some, you know, some interesting things like with water mixing, right? Cause you have different tributaries coming into the same area and then you have different, um, chemicals and different, you know, like a little sustainable yeah, environmental impacts right. as well. And then the longer you make a river, right? Then that's the more time that you might lose water from, uh, mm. what's the word? Thank you. Evaporation, yes, um, because you have such a large, long body of water. So, even though you're diverting water from there, you're going to lose a lot as it travels up to the north. So, Dang. very interesting. Very interesting. It's crazy that it's 47 years. Problem. Yeah, um, and I, I think each of those canals will be built, you know, in series. So you'll you'll get some water up there uh, throughout the whole project. But that's what I got, brother. What do you have? Very interesting, brother. Uh, I have the, the Red Sea project. Ooh. Apparently, it's a 5 billion mega resort in the desert, Saudi Arabia. Oh. Uh, it's supposed to boost the Saudi economy. Uh, and it's surrounded, it's like an archipelago, <laughs> if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it's surrounded by a lot of coral and natural wonders, which inspired its name of Coral Bloom. Oh, okay. Uh, but there's, it's a big, big project because phase one alone, Hagen. It has 16 hotels, and that's only phase one. Not room, hotels, hotels, like individual hotels correct. that would have like uh, hundreds of rooms and then... Correct, 16, yeah, hotels, uh, which then will connect to two further resorts, the Southern 
Dunes and the Desert Rock. So if you're a big Dunes fan, this might be a place you want to visit mm -hmm. later on. Uh, and then to bring fans and tourists to this location. How are they going to get there? They're going to build an international airport for it. Oh, just that easy. Let's yeah, just build an airport out there. Yeah, okay. And it is inspired by, like I said, those dunes. So it's all very deserty. like if our producer has photos online, he might be showing those. Maybe. Uh, could just be a picture of Mars. We don't know. It could be. Yeah. Oh, from the movie Dunes. Uh, yeah. And then I don't know. I don't know if you know architects, but Foster and Partners are pretty big architects. I learned about them back in my youth. Uh, yes, youth many many years. Many many years. Uh, at least twenty. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a big deal. They're a big name. So it was nice to see that name pop up for that project. Uh, and then, kind of related to the the South North Water Transfer, they're big in sustainability. They have a lot of things happening to make sure make make sure it's green. Sure. From renewable energy to fancy materials, solar power, to regenerating <laughs> native flora, <laughs> and just also no single-use plastic. So they have a lot of things happening here and there. It's a big, big project. Happening. There's a lot of stuff happening. In, this is like the third project from Saudi Arabia that you've brought up. Yeah. Right? It's like a, a big place. A ton going on over there. Yeah, there's a lot of projects that need to be managed. But you know who does the best Project management. Dude, you are so good. You're getting so good. It's our guest today. Oh, our very special guest. He's a big dog of our Austin. Yeah, he might be the big. He's the captain of the ship. He <laughs> he takes all the people on the boat and leads them forward. Uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing him for a couple of years now, five, six, as long as I've been here. Okay. Uh, he's been here a little longer. I don't know the tenure, but a couple of years longer. Well, that's why we have 45 minutes to figure it out we right will. after this. And he's a jack of all trades because just as he's a great leader, he's also a kickball sponsor. Oh, really? Ex-player. Oh, wow. Legend has it. He has hit home runs before. So wow. we'll see if James can prove that theory. Uh, but he's the one and only VP of operations for Austin San Antonio, Mr. Alan Codina. So can't wait to talk to him. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Is the audience excited? <sighs> Without further ado, here's Alan Codina. Yay, Alan! Right after this commercial. Ooh, I was so bored this weekend. I just didn't have anything to do. What did you What did you do this weekend? I mean, without power, it's hard to find things to do. Am I right? I know. So, any suggestions on things I could do? Sans yeah. power? Actually, have you heard of Libro? Libro? Libro. Like book in Spanish. It is. Oh, okay. We're, we're bilingual here ah. uh, in Italian. Uh, well, yes, with the Libro app, you get access to a wide range of books for you to do some audiobook reading. Oh, really? Is Do I have to sign up? Like, do I have to pay money for it or, or something like that? That's where you're in luck, my friend. Wow. So Aro has subscriptions for all the Aro employees. So this is free to anyone who works with Aro. Really? Really, really. And uh, is it like, how many books can I get? One? No. More than one. More than one. So a month, you get the chance to download two audiobooks from two? the library that Aro provides. That's already more books than I will ever read in a year. I know. And if you have any New Year's resolutions to read a book a month, two months, a year, this is your chance to do that. Okay. Okay. And But what happens if I don't use that subscription? I mean, do I lose those books? Like, if I download them, are they just gone after that month? That's the beauty of this. Oh, Once you download so much them, beauty. it gets to stay on your phone. So you want to listen it on the first quarter? Go ahead. You're going to wait until next quarter. You can listen to it then. Well, that's then awesome. You can access it from your phone. You just log in. You have to sign up a little bit. Easy steps. Sign up with, I'm assuming, my RO that email? That is correct. Okay. Sign up with your RO email, and you have access to a wide library. So if you're looking to build about, learn about leadership, mm -hmm. want to build yourself up, or you just want to do some fantasy and read some Dune or Foundation, Ooh, okay. you can do some of those. And... Huh? There's another beauty. There's more? More beauty. You can't. you got to be kidding me. There's more? I'm not kidding. So let's say there's a book you want to read and it's not in the library. Uh -huh. You just got to email Todd Wynn. Todd Wynn. Todd Wynn. Oh. The one and only Todd Wynn. And he'll be gladly, gladly put the book in the store for you to really? download. Really? Really, really. Have you done that? I've done it. I've read it. I've slept through it. Great audiobooks. Great commute time. And it's just a great time. Awesome. Well, I will definitely download it and try it. Perfect. Libra. Libra. Where you can get reading into your ear. Research. Yeah, I'm interested in your research. Boy, 
you're an easy one. Some of these folks are tough to find. You know, you get out there trying to find information on Wes Elliott. Like that, that man doesn't exist on the internet. <laughs> but Alan Codina and your 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 wife was a, a helping hand, and oh, she was not directly. But her internet presence is a little more significant than yours. So able to go yes. and yes. find some purpose, things here yeah. and there. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Alan Codina, yes, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Had Man. a great introduction, by the way, Bruno. Yeah, he's very good. Thank you. He's a master of his art. Yes, one of the finest out there. Uh, you know, thank you for making that long trip across the hall to yeah. come sit mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit more about yourself and your experiences and all that. I'm looking Pleasure forward to, to this here. one. Looking forward to this conversation and let's go. It's, I, it's fun to have. You know, we've kind of tried to balance it out with you know everything from QMs on up to regional. Uh, directors or uh, was John Archer's title there, president of San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. But we haven't had an ops council representative yet. So first. you are, you are the first. The first. Huh? Yeah. All right. Which uh, it's exciting. Well, hopefully I won't disappoint. So you, I'm worried about me. I'm afraid <laughs> my job's on the line if I screw this up. No, 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 no. Uh, Mr. One big happy family. <laughs> we'll see if that's true after I ask you that question. Yeah, that question. Yeah. Uh, what is your current role at RO for those that aren't familiar? So uh, I've been, I'm vice president of operations for Austin and San Antonio. I've been that position for five, seven years now. It seems like it's, it's flying by. Um, originally, when I first came to RO, I actually started in as a project engineer and have worked my way up. But um, yeah, my current title is vice president of operations. So, you said you started off as a, an office engineer? Project engineer, yeah. Or pro project engineer, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, for, for, so my story is a little bit, I've worked in, I was telling you, I've worked in this office for almost 30 years now. Which is incredible. Um, yeah, Going all the way back changed to a lot, and days. this is totally different than what it used to be. <laughs> um, but yes, right out of school, I, I did go, it was a company who owns this uh, building, Faulkner Construction, and he hired me as a project engineer, and that's how it started. So th 30 years ago, I'm doing that math in my head, that would have been, you know, mid-90s. Roughly, uh, mm -hmm. what was the interview process like back then? Like, because nowadays you go to the career fairs and all that, and you usually have some, you know, human resources, people, services, filtering. Yeah. Was it the same back then, or was it kind of a different? No, it, it, the recruiting was a lot less extensive as it is now. Now it's a lot more sophisticated. It's kind of like if you see, you know, some of the recruiting that, that people do in the in colleges nowadays, like even for like the athletics. It's kind of like we've had to adapt too because the talent is. You have to go find it and mine it and, and find the best people. And so you do have to do a lot of research and talking to people when they're sophomores and juniors um, in college, yes. Do you feel like if you don't have someone kind of in the shoot for an internship by the time they're a junior, like have you missed your opportunity more or less? That's what we found, yes. Really? Most definitely, yes. If we don't have them signed up by their, you know, sophomores a little early, but junior year, and that's when we find our best candidates because that's when they're ready to make some decisions actually nowadays. When I when I came out, no, it was, it was, uh, hey, you want to come by and do an interview, and they talk to you about thirty minutes, and you go on. But the, the where I I came out at UT Austin, and there was not a big recruitment for construction science at the time. Was that your degree program at the time? Was it a construction science program, or was that a more of the architectural engineering type? It or? was architectural engineering. Okay, I'm kind of like Bruno and a f several others here in this company, um, geared more to design. And structural engineering and, and environmental design and so when i first came out of school i thought i wanted to be a structural engineer and um, actually i was going to accept a job in sugarland texas and go design columns i think it was something very <laughs> boring something that i did not want to do <laughs> but it was like a job right and, and back then the jobs were it was hard to get work here in austin because it was a small sleepy college town and there wasn't a lot of um, opportunities here and if they were here, you had to take it at a really inexpensive salary because there just was, I mean, they knew they had a captive audience here and um, you had to uh, go elsewhere first to get back to Austin. So what was it about Faulkner Construction that you looked at and thought, well, this, this looks like a good opportunity, something that was more lucrative than uh, going off and designing columns, their particular... <laughs> aspect of it or is it just like it the city or almost the same thing as ro it's very it's very similar that's why that's why i've stayed here this all and love ro is because it was a family-owned business same mentality generational uh, the, the owner cared about his people and went above and beyond 
just like RO does to take care of them to this day. And so um, it was a no-brainer for me to stay at RO, but uh, that was what appealed to me when I first came out of school. That kind of family unit type of work family unit. environment. And they, you know, you when, when we first came out of school, you had to travel. And so I was in Midland, Texas for a year, San Antonio for a year. I, met, I lived in Mexico, Guadalajara for a year. So I was tr- six or seven cities in the first five years. Was that Mexico trip for work or was that just? Oh, uh, that, was, that was Guadalajara. It was, a, it was a clean room. We were doing clean rooms for Motorola. And we moved a clean room uh, from Phoenix, Arizona to Mexico. And uh, it was fun. It was one of my best projects. I, I, I need to know more about this. How, how do you go? Ab- I'm just thinking the, the logistical challenges and trying to, I mean, pick up a clean room and more or less move it to a, another country. What were some of the, the issues you guys encountered? What were some of the challenges on that project? Well, first we had to learn metric. <laughs> that was the hard part because we, and I still don't know metric, uh, but all the drawings were metric. And um, we did have, Motorola was obviously very instrumental in getting materials uh, from the United States to Mexico. Because back then they didn't make their own breakers. Copper was very scarce there in Mexico. And so a lot of the, um, a lot of what Motorola spent their time is getting supplies and materials from Mexico or from United States to Mexico through customs. And so that's how we had to do a lot of planning. You just can't go to the electrical shop and pull out a breaker. Yeah, to, to anyone complaining about the, the logistical and supply chain issues today. It's very similar in, in that aspect. Um, you did have to deal a lot with manual labor, and there was no equipment at the time. I mean, very few cranes and everything that is in Mexico is all manual labor. So their idea of steel erection sometimes was pretty scary. It was oh my gosh. guys getting on top of each other, and it's just, it was a different world. Man, but the, I think it's, it's a testament to your agility as uh, formerly a project manager to like uh, be able to go in that environment with an entirely different set of variables and still find a way to, to deliver that to the client in, in the way that they needed it. It was. It, it was. Time, budget, all that, I assume. It was very fun. And it was, it was a six-day-a-week job, actually seven days a week, but and uh, getting used to the lifestyle there was a little bit different. They had, had siestas and things like that, so it was, uh, it was a full 24-hour day. Any parts of it you miss you'd like to go back to? Uh, we've I've been back before, but not very often just because of the, the situation now and the crime and everything. But, um, yeah, I'd like to go back again. Yeah. What's, what does your typical day look like now? I, I hope it's not seven days a week, but sometimes I wonder. <laughs> so it seems no, like- it is not seven days a week. It, <laughs> but it is. It's, I think what I love about this job, what I do, is, is it's, every day is different. Like today I'm sitting in front of you, right? And others, I hope listening, but, um, you know, some days I'm dealing a little bit more in the pursuit side with pre-construction and how are we going to get work? Other days I'm dealing with how are we executing our work? And then some days we're dealing with just buyers, you know, there's issues that we come up and we have to address quickly or long-term, you know, what we, have, what we need to do. So, but when I come to the office, sometimes I think I have an agenda and I do have a schedule. But, you know, sometimes I do get derailed. But that's what makes it fun. I mean, that's, that's what I enjoy about construction, too. Every day is a little bit different. Keeps you on your toes, forces you to be. It does. And, and you don't get bored, for sure. There's not a day goes by that I'm just, like, bored. So that's, that's another exciting thing about it. And you get to meet a lot of different people, too. All different walks of life. And uh, so that's also exciting. I think anyone who's in construction and says they're bored isn't actually doing construction. They're... They probably aren't. Yeah. They're probably just going through a process or, or they're not asking for more. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're a, a, a young project engineer, QM out there and think, oh, this is boring. You're, like, you're, you're missing something. You need to get out yes. in the field and talk with somebody right. or dig into more details or right. call that structural engineer and ask him about that column schedule. Um, yeah. There's, there should not be a boring moment out there. There's so much to learn, so I much to so. do. Yep. And like I said, so many personalities. I don't know what it is about the construction industry, but it seems to every cowboy out there and hooligan and you know want to be developer like they all get their fingers into it at some point in time so you're in it all very professional and then sometimes you're dealing with you know a steel erector who's got a different mentality and different walk of life but at the end of the day when we're talking to them they're we're always working for a purpose right to get something done or trying to get what we can out of them um and make them part of the team to feel like that hey let's let's get this done 
I think that's one of the most beautiful parts about construction too, is that you have all these people of different different walks of life and they're coming together and the the they have that one thing in common of like we want to build this. Right. Uh, with that diversity, I think you also get a lot of passion from the individuals. Like they, they take a lot of pride in what they do. Right. I've never met a, a framer or mason who looked down upon their profession. No, and they and if you ask them like how do I do that, they will take the time to come out of your, go out of their way and, and show you how to do it because they're proud of what they do as well. Um, that's what's the great about the, the give and take about just learning in in, in this industry. Speaking of being in this industry, you're currently in this vice president role. Mm -hmm. Is this your ideal role? Or if you could go back to being a QM or a PM or even a superintendent for that matter, would you take any of those other roles or would you prefer to be where you're at today? I think I prefer to be where I'm at today. Um, it is a lot tougher nowadays to be on projects and we understand that. And I definitely understand that the project manager, quality manager, superintendent nowadays has a lot more to do, a lot more place to spin and it takes a lot more uh, organization and mental toughness to be out there right now i like that that mental toughness that grit yeah is that one of those things you're looking for whenever you're out at the career fairs and meeting with people for potential new hires and all that is that something you weigh heavily into your try scale? To. i mean we try to be as open and diverse thinking as possible but i mean we do think about you know who who will help get in that trenches you know if you will because when you're on a project uh, a lot of people who have experienced it and love it is that you're with a team who's probably you're spending 40 50 hours a week with them probably more than your family sometimes and so you got to enjoy being around them and you got to enjoy what you do and so yeah we look for people who have that team chemistry to collaborate but also the toughness and mental toughness to not be afraid to do something beyond of what their title is or not mm. you know they're not it's not beneath a project manager to get out there and, and help a superintendent on a certain uh, aspect of the project so. so we're all we're all trying to get this thing built we all want to see it get done get done right on time on budget so be right. be part of the solution not part of the problem right yep <clears throat> do you feel like you ever have a hard time i i, I know you're incredibly busy because i i coming on the days that i come in early you're here on the days that i leave late you're here like mm -hmm. I feel like you have an ever-present Aurora in the office. Do you ever feel like it's hard to disconnect from work and go relax and enjoy yourself knowing that there's, there's always something else you could be doing? Yeah. I think over the years, I've learned to disconnect uh, a lot better. When I was younger, and a lot of people go through this, right? They take their problems at home, and it kind of can fester. Um, over the years, you've learned to kind of disassociate, dis disconnect. Um, while still maintaining some presence of what's going on, uh, I would say when I was younger, it was tougher. It was a lot tougher. I think the commutes helps too. I have an hour commute, so that helps a lot too. You can decompress and really get your mind focused on, okay, now I have a private life that I have to have a family to raise and things like that. So um, it, is, it is something that's on the back of my mind. I'm sure it's on a lot of people's mind when they disconnect. Is that something you're able to identify on your own? Did you see this, uh, that the stress of constantly worrying about work, was that something where your, 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 your wife made a comment to you or to people at work, or is this uh, something that you're able to just self-identify and resolve? A little self-awareness and then also just seeing how the older school generation of superintendents and project managers, how they went through. A lot of them, I mean, I would say probably, you know, the divorce rate's pretty, pretty high in the construction industry as well as just the mental um, the mental health issues that are in construction, which is real prevalent right now, is is it's out there. So it's really more just the recognition, self-awareness that, that this is something you've got to concentrate on and take care of yourself too. Yeah, that's a, such a hard thing, I think, for people to, I don't know if accept is the right word, mm -hmm. but it's uh, so often seen as uh, like almost a weakness or like if, if you admit that things aren't going well for you, I think a lot of people have the fear that if they go to their boss, whether it be a super PM or whomever, and say, hey, like, I'm just not doing great. Like, I I, I need a day to kind of yeah. recapture myself and, you know, get grounded that they're going to be looked at like, why? What's wrong with you? Like, why is this a problem that for you? The mentality, too, right? And I think, we've, I think we have pivoted away from that. I think a lot of our, our older, even our older generation of uh, construction professionals have realized that that can't be the way it is is anymore i think we have a good support service here with our people services and those 
that team does a great job as well as another beyond just, I mean, cause no one always, I, I do get phone calls, but no one always comes to me. I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, but we have lots of people in our, who've been in that situation or have uh, the experience to deal with that. And so I think it's getting more and more accepted. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's still not there. Well, I know it. Other contractors that I have been in positions where it's been literally 100 hour weeks, you know what I mean? 14, 15, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's like, I can't, I can't do this physically, mentally, emotionally. And it was oh, cowboy up, like pull yeah, up your boots. And they grind them up and they spit them out. And it's, and it's, it's not, they don't, they're not doing a service to the construction industry as a whole. And I contrast that to talking with, uh, call him out there, Mr. Denny Dinsmore. Uh, who is just uh, salt of the earth, just could not care more for people. W right. Wouldn't say, a, I'll forgo the language I was going to use in, <laughs> in uh, observance of the uh, junior intern in the room, uh, but he wouldn't say a bad thing about anyone uh, in any scenario that I can imagine. Right. And he, he does, he's got this gruff persona, right? He, right. He'd roll up to Denny Dinsmore, it looks like a freight train c coming at you, and he might be cussing up a storm and fired up about something. We have to tell him, hey, Danny, I'm, I'm struggling with something. I'm having a hard time getting through this. You know, say, let's, let's talk about it. What's going on? How can I help you? And that's something that is so unique, I think, to, to RO compared to not even contracts, but just workplaces in general. Right. To have those types of people and to see them, uh, I don't know if reward is the way to just put it, but to, that, that skill set is acknowledged and respected mm -hmm. uh, by everybody, is, is, it seems super rare. And he's a great representative of what RO is and has been, and and he's I can't say enough about him. He's 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 got so much knowledge and 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 is willing to take time out of his day to to definitely um, sit down with someone and help them along. So whenever you do head home after that hour drive and that decompression, you've you've listened to your favorite RO podcast and got right. home, enjoying life. What are you doing for fun? What What's what's Mr. Kudina? It's transition. I used to do be deep, be more athletic and do more things outside of, you know, playing sports and everything. I've kind of transitioned and maybe hand, handed the mantle off to my <laughs> kids, and, and I probably deal more with them right now. Just you know, taking them to and fro sports or other gatherings. Um, they're to the age now; they're almost one can drive now, so um, that helps a lot. But uh, we are transitioning a little bit right now. Whenever that one got the their their learner's permit, was that more of a relief or more of a worry for you? Oh, if anyone's had a kid, it's more of a worry. <laughs> I mean, I figured as much, but I yes, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, she's she she as uh, sixteen years old and doesn't know any directions at all other than ways, and so uh, yeah, it, it, that was the most concerning part. She had no idea where she was at. Oh, I never thought about that, but yeah, if you're what under twenty five or so, you've probably always have had. GPS, Google Maps, ways, right. whatever to get you around. Right. So should yourself the map die. Code. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The old maps code book, you pull it out and right. lived out there in Liberty Hill and uh, would navigate around whenever I first moved to Texas. I'd have the maps book and flipping through trying to figure out, you know, where that Mopac 183 intersection was and how to get there and right. all that. <laughs> oh, man. Those are the good old days. Um, I say good old days. I wouldn't go back to them if I had to. No. I, I'll take Google Maps or Waze or whatever any day of the week. But Maybe so much time. There, there, there was a bit of an art to that, to, to reading the map book and uh, seeing who could get there, you know, find the right page quickly and right. figure out how to get there, how to navigate. Bit of a game, if you will. Yep. Uh, you mentioned sports and all that. You, you're not playing as much these days, but uh, I've heard you're a bit of a soccer fan. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up playing soccer since I was four, and so all the way through into college, and um, it was something that was, a, I mean, passion of mine that I I did take a break out of college and, and just kind of put it away for five or six years, but it, I've started re-engaging re it, and obviously my, my son is in it heavily. So, um, I mean, everyone loves football, and who doesn't love football? I love watching football, but soccer is probably the, the best sport that I can think of that um, a little bit of everything, right? Stamina, it's a little bit of strategy and, and uh, it's exciting to watch. And although some people don't think that, right. <laughs> I think you have to have an appreciation of like what's going on. I think it's the same if uh, American football is right. so ingrained in everyone, like by the time you're 10, you know what a touchdown is regardless of where you're growing up or who you are or whatever, but not everyone knows like 
what's going on in soccer and all that. So without that kind of background to follow it, it looks like. Yeah, chaos. I grew up. I, I had I grew up in Dallas, and then it was uh, just growing the sport there. And we had German and English coaches, and so they just came across the pond, and so they were fresh out of Europe, and so they were real. Uh, they were still the salt of the earth type of coaches, and they taught you a lot in soccer and in life actually. But um, that was it was fun growing up that way. Do you? I know you just said they taught you a lot in life. Do you feel like staying engaged in sports from four up? through college and even revisiting it now, do you feel like that helped you develop as a, a, a person professionally, personally? Most definitely. I mean, I think that's something we look at when we're hiring people too, is like, have they been in a team sport of some sort? It doesn't matter what it is. It's something where they've learned how to collaborate and they learn that they're part of a team and they have to contribute and pull their own weight. Um, and I think it also, you know, keeps people out of trouble too, right? You know, idle mind can, can, cause some problems you know if you're going through high school and whatever but uh i think uh most definitely that's something we look at oh teaches how to win together and lose together too right. yeah there's not gonna be one person generally not say for a couple of folks on some basketball teams there's not gonna be one person that wins or lose a game like you're gonna do that as a team uh, and you're gonna have to find ways to to cope whenever it's a hard loss or ways to share that celebratory feeling whenever it's a big win yeah uh, i think that's something we outside of sports we seem to struggle with as humans kind of creating that environment of we're, we're here together all striving for the, the same goal at the end of the day uh, i think it's easy to get kind of caught up in your own life your own problems whatever's right. going on and, and society as a whole has gotten away from maybe getting together as much and rightfully so with you know covid and all that but i think it's coming back together slowly and uh, it's evident in this office we get more and more people coming here and you can feel a bit, you know, more of the energy of we're we're back, you know. Um, so that's something. So the aura of me being here, it's not just me. It's it's a lot of other people too. But that's where you, um, you know, you share ideas and you you y'all are working on some common goals and and uh, everyone's busy, but at the same time you're going to take some time to you know get to know other people. Sure, that's a, yeah. I love being here. That's a, hanging out with you know Doctor Fritz and yeah, a lot of Bruno. Uh, characters here. That's for sure. This whole area over here is just like. Pretty impressive. It, it is. And don't even get me into the marketing folk over there. That's a <laughs> whole other breed. Uh, so uh, I believe it was on your bucket list to make it to, a, and I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to give it a shot anyways. Bundesliga? Bundesliga? Uh, yeah, Bundesliga game and a Liverpool game. Have you made those One trips? One or the yet? other. No, uh, well, we were just going to go to Liverpool. We were going to go to England during COVID, and that got canceled. But, but that is still one of my bucket lists to go to actually Germany and go back to I spent a couple of summers there playing soccer um, with our team. Um, he was a German coach. So he took us over there. We spent a couple of months there uh, every summer, less my junior and senior year. And um, the, there was a Bundesliga team I follow that I would like to go see them play because we got to train at their place. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. So you were this, I mean, soccer was like a. It, it consumed my like, life for, yes, a while. Yeah. Yes, it did. I think of uh, a lot of, you know, I was like, yeah. Played football, like played through high school and, you know, could have gone and done some stuff in college, but it was never anything that I like heavily considered. Soccer had infested your life it, to every degree. It, it was, like. it was. And it was back when that wasn't that big a deal and the select teams were traveling, not very much, but this group did travel a lot. And so we did a lot of traveling. Um, nowadays, it's no, you know, baseball, football, all of them travel. It's not a big deal. But back then it was pretty unique. Yeah, I bet. Especially heading over to, to Germany to play soccer. That's like uh I'm trying that's like coming to Texas to play baseball, I think, isn't it? That's it kind <laughs> of is and, and it be but you get immersed in their cultures too. That's what I loved about it. It wasn't just playing soccer. It was you're immersed in their cultures. You stay you spent weeks with families who had kids and grew up and you know, they'd take you to their places they frequent, sometimes pubs, things like that, <laughs> but uh other things and, and so you got to see what a different culture. That's, uh, are you generally, uh, enjoy traveling and stuff like that? Make we a do. lot of trips? We do. Yes, most definitely. We used to have two or three trips a week, uh, a year, different things, but even a trip to, you know, out around Texas, just like getting out and seeing the world. What's a trip that you took where you were kind of had an expectation, either geographically, culturally, whatever, that just was way off once you got there and actually experienced it? Like to the good or to the... Either direction. I'll let you choose here. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I would say I wasn't as familiar when I was 
actually it was a trip wasn't a trip it was working in mexico i wasn't as familiar with that culture as i thought i was um people think of mexico sometimes it's just the border towns and it's not you know so that was something that i thought was uh pretty unique and how it was a different way of life there than what you would expect so that just blew me away um the different um people who come to those colleges there in guadalajara and that whole uh, scene there was pretty neat that's fun stuff. I've never been down there, but one of these days, well, not to Guadalajara, been down to Mexico a couple times, but I'd love to go and explore some of those. Yeah, Central Mexico areas is pretty, and, pretty unique, and there's some beautiful areas there people don't know about. Put on the list. Uh, Cesar, how much time do we have left there? Am I, are we, we, 20, okay, 20 minutes remaining or 20 minutes in? Oh my God. Not <laughs> boring you that much? No, I, no, I, I, Look, they give me a hard time because they think like, oh, it's skit. James is like shocked by how much time is remaining. I legitimately thought we'd been here for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Uh, I know a while back, I think it was 2019, you received a Luna Award nomination. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a unique nomination. I wasn't expecting that. Um, several uh, employees uh, had nominated myself. And for those who don't know what Luna is, um, it was a uh, it was a it was a minority. I don't know. I'm going to mess up what it was for, but um, it was more for minorities and women, and in promoting them um, throughout the construction industry and in engineering as well. And um, some of our employees put me up for that nomination, and I was the only male there because it's mainly females. Obviously, there's females. Um, but I was I was uh, actually pretty, uh, I guess what you call um, humble when I when I got that award because I did it came out of left field, and it just showed that people recognize that you know myself and a lot of people who don't get the recognition do go out of their way to look for all different aspects of of people and promoting them within our within our industry. So it was it was it was special. I mean, I didn't win or anything, but it was something to be nominated, right? So. Yeah, that's, I mean, to, to get, I think, nominated to any of those, you're in a group of people that's very select and clearly doing things that are noteworthy. Right. So uh, nominated, awarded, I think you're all uh, doing some good stuff, it sounds like. Yeah. Why, why do you feel like inclusion is so important? What is it about that that you feel deserves uh, special attention, if you will? I think... Uh, People come to the, this company with different environmental background that they they don't they're all bring it together and, and it's almost like a melting pot of different ideas. I mean, you witness just the, the people in this room, you know, and all the different synergies you have and all the different ideas that are being bounced around. And if we just hired one prototype of this person like this, and, and it may be all the same mind thinking. So I think it's not really just a minority or whatever you want to call it, diversity. It's, it's really just a difference of thought processes that people have and bringing those together. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, black, white to me, it, it doesn't matter. It's just that bringing different um, cultures and values that work together. That's a, I love that. It's such a beautiful thing. Just, you know, it's yeah. Getting people together for that, the variety, right? The, the different experiences, the different mindsets, the, different approaches uh, different life experiences and yeah uh, and, and, and i you know I, I think people you know i don't like when people like to bring tags to the to the organization like that like you know i'm this and that and that because to me they're just they're wearing them on their shoulder I, i'd rather them work together as a team and it doesn't matter what race or nationality or whatever you're working with uh, it's 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 the best people is what we look for right it's not the best brown people it's not the best yellow people or white people it's it's the best people well i think you've done a great job you and people services and uh, your counterparts in san antonio and dallas because this whole company is filled with them so keep up the fantastic work sir <laughs> uh could you tell me a little bit about funky cole medina oh my god <laughs> where did y'all get that <laughs> funky cole medina okay so <laughs> Actually, it was Funky Cold Codina because I grew up in the late 80s and that was uh, Tone Loke song or something like that. Tone Loke, yeah. So that's what they, that was my nickname, Funky Cold Codina. <laughs> and it's stuck ever since. Um, maybe it's propagated a little bit with my personal email, Funky LC, but um, yeah, it's 
It's uh, a and picked up. <laughs> yeah, Funky Cole Medina. So yeah, that's um, just what people call me, right? <laughs> what was there a particular uh, event? No, it was just a, no, it was just a song, it just... and it rhymed, and yeah, one of them things. Oh, that's funny. It's, it's just, just like all the songs. songs, like yeah. I don't. I guess it just comes off your lips. Yeah, it yeah. is catchy. Yeah, it's catchy. Is 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 all get out. But I'm not a big Tone Loke fan. But <laughs> I don't know if anybody is. I think he's a. One Did he wonder. have anything else at all? Like I, I don't know of anything else. I don't know from Tone Log. The only reason, thing. oh, was it really? I didn't realize that was him. Say so the only reason I'm familiar with that is I had a, a sergeant major when I was in the army that I worked with. Uh, shout out sergeant major Dodson if you're out there, uh, and uh, he, he loved that song. Yeah. He'd come into the office on a Friday, and you knew it was going to be a good day, low stress. If you heard Funky Cole Medina playing over there in Sergeant Major Dodson's office, it's like, all right, this is this is going to be okay. Um, yeah, so whenever I came across that, I was like, I wonder, wonder what the deal is there. From, Just a good good rhyme. I need to scrub my social media better. Well, that's not going to help you out any. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Talk to Emma about that one. Oh, okay. Um, and Emma's going, what did I do? But she'll, she'll figure it out eventually. Um, what is something that people frequently disagree with you on? <laughs> well, you can only pick one, only, by the way. So we only, only have time one for one thing that they disagree with me on. <laughs> um you know there's not one thing I, I, th I don't know if it's a disagreement but you know there's obviously people have opinions on you know what do we need for our teams to, to be successful like the size of our teams um the different roles and so i take it with uh it's good discussions right what's the best teams to put together for this certain job and so a lot of pushback i get and it's not really pushback it's just more like it's collaboration right it's more of you know, well, why don't we put this type of person versus this type of person? And, and so I spent a lot of time going through that in that, that, that process of, because we get three or four pursuits a week. And, you know, if you're sitting in the Monday morning meetings, it's like, we need a team here. We need a team here. And so you, and you need it by this date. And so you, you work a lot and you try to put together the best teams. You're never going to make anyone happy, you know, hundred percent happy, but you're going to try to put together the best that you think would sell and sometimes you miss the mark and sometimes someone's going to say and has a better idea and you're like yeah hey i didn't think about that but that's that's a great idea and and so there's a little bit of a science to that you know when we're doing the pursuits and how we build our teams together um, do you feel like you're a well let me rephrase this question if you had to pick a area which you which you would consider yourself a subject matter expert what would you identify as that area I think from my background of project management and being on projects for 15, 20 years, I think it was a lot. Uh, I think I can probably do best when I'm out on the job site, seeing what's going on, seeing where the schedule needs to be improved. Um, really just the basics of just operational um, of, the, of the project and, and do a good analysis quickly on where we're at with that. Gotcha. Not what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> All good. I was trying to tie those to, to, together to the prior question, but no, that's, I think that's super interesting that the, I, I think it's also a testament to the, um, the institutional, the domain knowledge, right? Understanding how a project comes together. Like that's yeah. not, you can't fast forward that. You can teach people lessons learned and all, but it takes that experience of being around the projects. It seems to really become. Unfortunately, it's not something you can learn in school. I keep telling, you know, I tell people all the time, like, when you come in to the to RO, it's you're gonna you're gonna have to take some time and be humble about learning because you're not gonna be a project manager in you know in three years. Um, you, it takes unfortunately you can't cut corners in construction. You have to experience things, the highs and lows. And as you grow through um, with RO, you'll you'll understand that more. But uh, it's something definitely that um, it's always on my mind and letting them know. Um, and now and I think I would correlate. Everything I just said about, um, you know, operations and all that, it's like, we're all problem solvers. That's what I like the most, right? Mm. It's just different levels of problems you're, you're solving or you're working with on, on with people. Um, that's my background, and that's what a lot of people are here is they're problem solvers. They like to, you know, open the under, get underneath the hood and figure it out. And so that's what um, I think I bring best to RO. Oh, but yeah, I, I love that. That's uh one of the things that I, I get most excited about, right? That's the whole reason I wanted to 
see this R&D thing yeah. happen or this innovation thing. It was like, there's people with problems, but they're problems that people don't have time to address. Sometimes because something's so minuscule, it's like, I'm not going to take time to figure out how to save myself three clicks in Bluebeam. Whenever you extrapolate that across 500 employees, it's like, well, this could save us a lot of time. Yeah. If we can find a slightly better way to operate, like, I want to figure that out. I want to go talk with those people. Tell me your pain points. Tell me what is not working for you. Let's find some solutions. Let's make it happen. That's what's so beautiful about your department and what they're going to do and what they are doing is you're right. It's because we don't have time and operations to sometimes figure it out. And we do need someone who has a clearer head and is like focused on that. Um, that's such a great service that not a lot of companies have. And uh, like very little. Yeah. And I, I feel very lucky to be here and, and engaged with it, but I, I think it is somewhat uh, rose out of necessity just due to the, the projects are getting so complex and the tools are getting so complex. I think 20 years ago, if you told someone, hey, we're gonna hire a, a software engineer to just manage our computer programs as a construction, they'd be like, no, no, we're not. That's what computer programs, Excel? It's a waste of money. Yeah. yeah. And nowadays you gotta be like, what do you mean we don't have someone that's handling Procore? We don't have someone that's handling Bluebeam. Like it's become almost necessary to have those super technical people that can focus in on those particular softwares or processes or approaches. Um, and, you know, I feel like it's just a love RO promotion at this point, <laughs> but, uh, you know, looking at like the quality department and the CPP process and all that they do, or Jonathan Graham wrote the OPEX and the playbook and all that they do. Mm -hmm. um, the, the innovative things that accounting's doing. Remember we had Kate Lynn on, she was talking about how, how they're constantly looking to and, and, prove their processes and innovate new ways to do things. And uh, you I, notice that there's, there's all a reason for that too, right? I mean, even at a higher level, when we broke out the OKRs, the three-year plan, there's, there's an overarching in, you know, thing here that we're trying to do, right? We're, we're positioning, this is what I love about it, we're positioning our uh, RO operations to win, but there's so many support teams that are doing so much good things to help them. That's a beautiful strategy. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? everyone's coming and setting their brick right. on the wall it's siloed it's not you know i'm gonna sit over here and do my thing it's everyone working together how do you think ro ended up in this situation how, how did we identify though because it seems that a lot of people don't pick up on these things other companies are contractors what is different about us that allowed us to create these departments and identify these people and get them into the roles that yeah. let them succeed it's way before even me i mean pat o'brien steve rogers the very beginning they learned early on that they got to have better processes to grow. And it was picked up by Preston and, and now Justin. And, and that, there's a theme there, right? Strategic planning. And there's, ever since I got here, we were going yearly to strategic planning. And people were like, what are y'all doing? Just kumbaya or something like that? And I said, no, I mean, we're actually trying to plan ahead and trying for the future. And there's so many things that have come out of those strategic planning that, um, you know, with even the creation of VDC and all these departments, I have a genesis there of they were a thought, right? They were a thought. And yeah, it didn't happen right away, but it was, there was always forward thinking. I think that's what's positioned RO to be where they're at today. Yeah, that's, that's, it's working. Sounds like the infomotion. infomercial. It, it does, doesn't it? It wasn't the intent. It wasn't yeah, the plan. I, know. It's, it's, I don't, but, I, you know, I guess we do this a lot. So. I only wrote, why do you love RO on here once? <laughs> I promise you, I wrote it down once, but it just uh, it keeps coming back to it. Yeah. I think with your 30 years effectively at RO and with those people, mm -hmm. like you, how can that not have some influence on every aspect of, of, of your, your life and your, your professional growth and all that? Well, uh, there's a lot of people like me. I mean, even in this office, you know, and just up to the top, right? Servant leadership, it's always been there. And I think that's something that has made us successful. So we're going to try and do something. Now, Cesar's here. So we, we have some technical proficiency back there. We, we've got some pictures, Alan. Oh, no. You, uh, you seem to have a, a hat thing going. So, uh, Hagen, if you just want to pop up uh, the first hat picture there, the people on the stream are, are catching us. <laughs> really, this is a great looking fedora. Yes. Um, what, what, you don't know how much I do dislike hats. What? <laughs> yes. Well, this is going to be super interesting then. I, I, if you have a wife that's like outgoing and, and is very much uh, all about having fun, you learn to deal with these things. Right? <laughs> so it was, what was going on here? This looks like it was a... We were actually at the Kentucky Derby. That was, was our, at the Kentucky Derby? Uh, yeah, that was a bucket list. Uh, we, we went to 
three or four years ago. I think it was the one where the horse got disqualified. So uh, yes, most definitely, uh, it was it was a bucket list thing. We went to the Kentucky Derby, had a lot of great memories there, a lot of fun times there. Well, and and she has a fantastic hat. She made the best of the experience. That was one of the reasons she wanted to go. Yeah, had had to do the the big hat. No, we've got here. I think. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but I I think this is a witch's hat. Yes, it it's, is. I'm, I, I'm, I don't even know where that's from, but <laughs> you can see that that is probably a Halloween. Okay. Um. Again, my wife's a big Halloween fan, so we do a lot of Halloween parties every year. We dress up, and actually, that's a pretty tame outfit for me. It dresses me up sometimes worse than that. But um, we had to find the G-rated ones to yes. throw it on the internet here. Uh, and and we, we've got one more, and I think you've probably already half answered it now uh, with the note of the Halloween type stuff. Um, but we've we've got uh, I think Slash wow. is trying to take your wife home here. Um, that's, that's how I looked with my hair out, <laughs> and then when I was less uh, black or gray, so, yeah. <laughs> Slash, another Halloween party. Another Halloween party. <laughs> So, Alan, I think I was trying to be Rob Zombie, but that didn't work out. Oh, okay, okay, I could see that too. Yeah. Um, so, not necessarily a fan of the hats yourself, but uh, and, uh, a good sport when it comes to to Halloween and I think you have to get dressed yeah, up. You have to have fun too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, oh my gosh! So we have four minutes left. Um, Come on, some off the qual- off the wall questions. Let's go. Two two pretty easy ones here. All right, uh, we'll see. We could put you in. I, I could go you, off. You can't. Yeah, bring it on. Uh, favorite food? Oh, that's easy. That's Mexican food. No, yeah, that's too broad. Uh, what what plate? is the? Actually, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I like more of uh, the interior Mexican food. But um, so more along the lines of um, the fishes and things like that. Okay. I can get behind that. I would tell you I ate some gross things too in Mexico, but uh, <laughs> maybe people just ate too. <laughs> would you rather have more money or more time? More time. More time. Uh, would you rather start your life over at 20 with what you know today or be given $100 million today? I think I'll take the money. T- take the money today? It's the money. Really? Why? Because what, what's exciting about life, right? Um, you don't know what the next step is, right? Sometimes, right? So that would be boring. That's a great if point. You, if you knew it was going to happen at 20, and you knew all the things that you're going to do. Would you do it all again? The same? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a few things I was, I mean, everyone has that, right? <laughs> sure. A yeah. couple of, couple of Burnett you'd avoid or whatever the case may be. Like Maybe that. one less shot yes. occasionally. One less shot, yeah. Maybe one less romance. Red or white? Red. Um, <laughs> Come on, shoot. <laughs> I know, I'm running out of ideas here. You put me on the spot. This is the first time this has happened. Yeah. Um, Either I was answering the questions too fast, or you have a long off list. Nah, I didn't have a list. These are... <laughs> um. I think we've got a couple minutes left here. I, I do want everyone to to know what advice would you give young Alan? Oh, I think I'm sure there's some cliches there from everybody that you would say you would give yourself a lot more, um, take time to smell the roses type, you know, advice, right? Yeah. Enjoy what that. you were doing and back then and not be hurried or rushed to do the next thing. Um, that's happens in life all the time. Like, although it did take me, Eight years out of school to get married so i did take that time but um it was uh yeah that's how i do what do you do today to make that not something you regret or not something you regret but not something that you would change yet again how, how, how do you how have you changed to embrace that i don't know i have <laughs> i don't know honestly i don't i don't i still look for things like what's the next thing because yeah but there's a drive with me inside that, you know, every day, that's what I love about this job. It's like I said, everything, day, every day is different, but um, that's because I wake up every day and what else can I do, right? I just can't be Love it that else. much. Well, just in life, right? Yeah. Yeah, enjoying life, right? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. 
That's if if you're not, why? Yeah, yeah it's 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 too it's too short and too valuable too to short, not yeah. enjoy what you're doing. Most definitely, yeah. I I, I figure that out, and that's why I talk about taking some time. Is that uh, my dad worked? Just, he was he was sixty five, sixty six. He retired and and passed away shortly thereafter. He had done everything right. He had done saved his money and did everything, and he was about to do that, and it was cut short. Uh, just a, unhappy uh, answer but it was what taught me is like enjoy every day to the fullest because you never know next day could be your last man well hopefully <laughs> hopefully you have plenty more days with ro uh, hopefully we all do um right. alan this has been an absolute blast i had a lot of fun just sitting enjoy, here hanging a great out. interviewer by the way i didn't know this was about you Nice. <laughs> I didn't either. I'm still learning. I have yeah. no yeah, idea man. what I'm doing, no experience beyond what I've done here. So uh, thank you. That's a, a, a very great compliment to, for, for me. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, to everyone that joined us, thank you so much for jumping on board today. Our first Ops Council member. Right. This was uh, a now big one. the rest of them. Yes. Yeah. We, we've got uh, Mr. Dempsey on the hook for something in the future. We don't have a date on that one, but you know, you know, gonna have to get uh, Leon and Carrie. And uh, I don't think we'd have to try very hard with uh, Austin or Todd. Those two should be pretty easy to, yeah, to hook. Um, yeah, we're, we're they're all on the hit list. Um, don't forget about that AI challenge. Get your ideas in. We are going to extend that deadline. We haven't updated the challenge yet, but we'll probably run that uh, up until the. Uh, whatever the last day of work is before the 4th of July break, uh, which I'm assuming is a Friday or Thursday, something like that. Um, Todd, again, will be here June 7th to announce the winner on the Hilti Challenge. So that invite isn't out yet, but keep that date bookmarked. It'll be same thing as always, live stream on YouTube from 1 to 2. And uh, open enrollment. Don't forget to go out there, update your preferences. You only get to do that, I think, twi twice a year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Once a year, twice a year, whatever. Uh, it's important though. Get in there. Get into UKG. <laughs> get into UKG. If you have questions, reach out to uh, People Services. Hit up Jenna, Sarah, whomever over there. They'll help you out. And we will see you next week with another very special guest. Thanks again, Al. Thank you, James.